Disclaimer, this episode contains cursing, strong opinions, and feelings that may not be shared by the masses at large. If these things aren't your cup of tea, feel free to change the podcast to a different one. We won't be offended. Thank you. Hello, hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. I finally got coffee, so life is good. Oh, good. I have coffee, too. I, um, I'm not going to lie, though. This week has been rough, and I was contemplating for a minute whether I should just start drinking a mimosa instead. But, um, yeah, I went with coffee. Yeah, coffee. It's just simple things in life. Mm-hmm. Have I had coffee yet? It's a good day. Yeah. Good. Oh, I'm excited to, to talk about drinking. When? While we record, because I need massive amounts of caffeine. To of course. Back today. Yeah. Of course. I'm excited about this episode because it's hilarious to watch in, you know, what is now the future with our future technology oh to watch yeah, baby 1997. So cool. <laughs> oh. They tried to be so cool. And looking back on it. It's like when I used to make fun of the eight tracks that I found in a box in my grandma's closet. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? And that's kind of how I feel watching this episode now. Oh, my God. It's, oh, it's just so charming. Well, because it's all about Willow. And Willow is the most charming member of the Scooby gang. Yes, it's all about Willow, but it's also about... uh, the theme of this episode, in case anybody... Oh, we haven't even introduced it. We just started talking about it. So we're on episode eight now, which is I, Robot, You, Jane. Presumably yes. a reference to, like, Tarzan? Yes. And this also, by the way, is She Saved the World. A lot of podcasts oh, yeah. about Buffy, badasses, and pop culture shit. Mm-hmm. And we're both Sarah. And we are both Sarah. I'm Sarah. You are Sarah. And you remember. we're obsessed yeah, with Yeah, no, Buffy. it's the I, Tarzan, you, Jane, you know. Um, I don't really understand the title. Is it supposed to be like, because, well, as we'll delve into later, of course, right? It's all about, like, the advanced technology of the internet. Which is, of course, it's the advanced technology of 1997 internet, which is just so adorable and, and uh, bucolic. <laughs> um, pastoral, if you will. Just the sweetest baby burgeonings of, of, of the internet and computers and nobody understanding what this new technology of interwebs was they keep calling it the net in this episode too um and i love that this episode is basically all about catfish before oh yeah 100 percent. like a huge the theme of this episode is one billion percent the dangers of the internet like right internet dating episode of mtv's catfishing except with demons yeah Yeah. Mm mm-hmm in 1997 but yeah it was it's very very much the theme is no one understands the internet and it's a scary place and the only people who do understand the internet 
are antisocial nerds or incels. We also will be introduced to, I, I, I think, is the first television appearance of what we have become, has become the modern day incel. Right. And related to the incel, I think this episode, in terms of just Buffydom, also starts off the whole overarching theme of um, love is cursed and love is a sham. Oh, yeah. None of us are ever going to get love. Love is trash. Because, you know, this whole episode is about basically how, um, like, the demon promises fake love, love is fake. We get the introduction of a new character who will be a love interest. Oh, we do. We get Miss Calendar. Calendar. It's so and Jenny Calendar. I just so I have so much to say about Jenny Calendar in this episode in particular too because even though she's like the cool like chick, obviously, she's also the only teacher at Sunnydale who seems to actually give a shit about teaching the subject that she's in charge of teaching. And not true. We had science teacher guy who got eaten by the she mantis. That's, I guess, but he got eaten very immediately, right? Like we didn't get to see his character develop at all as the like teacher that believed in in their students, right? Up until now, okay, all the point. teachers have been pretty hapless and or murdered. Um, and I'm sure she's the only one that we meet that isn't a demon and doesn't die right away, right? Exactly. And, and actually a pretty good teacher. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she does what? let a high schooler take over her class at one point without any additional adult supervision or sophisticated person in the classroom. Which um, I, I think... from her good teacher nest, but I digress. And that's a whole doesn't, other episode. Doesn't yeah. that student take over? The classroom for a different reason, though. I don't think Miss. I don't think Miss Jenny Calendar let her. I don't think that was the call. No, she did one time when she couldn't be in class. Oh, when she, she was, was like, seven. Okay. Teach. Oh, yeah. right. Of course, mm-hmm. because you know we've all we've all as teachers we've all done that. Sure. You know what? I got something else to do. You, star student, you teach the class today. Right. Um, I think that's sure. more to the time. Problem. Yeah. yeah, and then mm-hmm. this episode also ends with all of them, like, you know, joking about how they'll never find a true love and happiness, and then mm-hmm. realizing that it's not a joke, and they're all fucked. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, that kind of sets up, again, common theme that runs throughout this entire depressing, but amazing series. Yep. Absolutely. Right. We also, start. yeah, for sure. So, I wrote about you, Jane. I guess, I guess is a commentary about like the primitive world of books versus the advanced world of the computer. I don't know. Um, but it opens in the dark ages with a bunch of dudes speaking Italian poorly. Um, very poorly. Very, cool. Well, the one dude you can tell, well, I always love it when there's Italian on television. Cause you know, like I once at, at one point in my life was pretty fluent in it and lived there for a bit. So I'm always like super excited when t- when Italian is on TV because I'm like, oh, do I still understand it? And for the most part, yes. But mostly, what I pay attention to is how ha- is the is how they speak because the first like the demon is talking in Italian, and he's talking to like one of his pr- 
presumed disciples about whether or not he loves me, but he's speaking so slowly. Like he's over enunciating every single word. So yeah, he's like, he's memorized phonetically what right. he's supposed to say. And he yeah. Say. He definitely 100% doesn't speak Italian. The like one, then the, like priest guys, anyway, they're all speaking Italian. Like there's these priest dudes speaking Italian and the priest dude, actually, I think probably is a native Italian speaker or at least speaks it fluently. Cause he sounds like he knows the like tone and cadence and flow of Italian. If you've ever heard an Italian speak, they don't speak slowly. Like you can't, they don't, everything is one word. It doesn't matter if they've, they're giving a speech. It's all one word. Um, <laughs> They but, speak like me, basically, is what you Yeah, saying. well, I mean, and if you, you know, they speak like native speakers who speak quickly. And if you're not a native speaker, you can't understand when speak, people speak quickly. Um, but definitely, and it's, it's the kind of language that flows really well. So anyway, priest guy is worried about demon guy because demon guy just snapped the neck of some doe-eyed little disciple who was like yes te amo te amo um poor tuto forever and it's very bad italian <laughs> and I don't speak italian there <laughs> and so these priest guys speak a bunch of italian and swirly 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 combine combine com- i can't talk now confine combine their powers they combine their powers and confine him to an old book. And then they put the big book with the demon's picture on the cover in a box. And they close the box. And the guy says in Italian, like, may this demon stay in this book forever and ever and ever. And this box never be opened ever again. And then it immediately cuts to Buffy opening the box and saying, ooh, a book. (laughs) And see, really... Like the fact that this book got sent to Giles's library should have meant that no one's ever going to read this fucking book because it established that no one uses the library at Sunnydale. Right. And it's the 90s, at which point people have pretty much stopped reading anything that's not a shiny, shiny magazine. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, Priest Guys would have been fine confining um, Horn Demon, whose name you find out is Moloch, mm-hmm. in, you know, in this like old home. With his face just splashed on the cover as like a warning, to, like the demon inside. Mm-hmm. You can tell, I guess. Um, but instead, you know, they send it to the one place where we also have the only super computer savvy, you know, nerd attached to a vampire slayer. And mm-hmm. I hate nerd lovingly because Willow again is the best character. Oh, um, she's the best character. Cool. So, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in the library. They pull out, so Buffy pulls out this gigantic ass. Like, this book is bigger than Sarah Michelle Geller's entire torso, right? It's huge. And they're all in the library. Presumably, so they're all in the library, but then now there's computers in the library. And there's stacks and stacks of books. And something's going on. And Rupert... Giles is complaining and muttering and then the beautiful and sexy and charming and witty and smart and sassy Miss Calendar Miss Jennifer Calendar graces us with her first presence on screen 
I do love Miss Calendar so much. She's such, such a good character. Um, and she, what does Giles say? He says something like, we have to skim the books into the idiot box. And Jenny's like, uh, the idiot box is the TV. These are computers. These are good boxes. So I guess what's happening is the computer class uh, at Sunnydale High School uh, has hired a new, we've got a new computer teacher, Miss Calendar, and she is trying to teach Giles and the school about how the internet is cool and an awesome learning tool. And you can tell she's super cool by her like messy updo. Right. Yeah, she has like dark eyeliner. Uh-huh. A leather jacket. She to, yeah. She wears a leather Probably jacket. Worth combat boots. Yep. For and sure. she wants to bring the school and the library into the twentieth century by scanning scanning <laughs> all of the book pages into the computer. So I guess the students can access them all online. Which, I you know, guess? being someone who reads on the Kindle like twenty four seven makes sense because I read all of my books digitally now. But it would totally have made more sense if they were just cataloging the books and like using it to, you know, create like a digital card catalog and right. wow, I sound like a nerd right now. No, but, you yeah. don't because it makes total sense and you don't sound like a nerd. You sound like a teacher with logic. And that is what we are. We are teachers who also have logic in our brains that make us go, wait, hmm, what is an efficient way to solve this problem? I also spend a lot of time (laughs) analyzing and critiquing others' lesson plans. (laughs) So I would have been like, this is a poor use of your resources. Yeah. This is an extremely poor use of resources. How about something that's not going to call forth a demon, Keithing? Bye. Sure. But better yet, like, again, you have to start broad, right? This is all a part of scaffolding, people. You have to start with a broad concept and then you narrow down. Same with computers and the library. If you're digitizing your library, you start big. You start section by card section. Catalog. Card catalog. Well, also, card catalog first so kids can find things mm-hmm. without having to ask the cantankerous old British librarian yep. who yells at you when you ask him for a book. Mm-hmm. In the you library. Know, you know, hi, that's at the job. school. Yeah. Um, so for some reason, they're scanning all the books page by page. We don't know why. Um, it's it's the internet. Also, like, why is it this computer class's job, even if that was the goal, right? Like, why is it the computer class's job to upload individual books onto the internet? Uh, or onto the computers? <laughs> I guess that's true. Kids are great yeah. for free labor. Not that we ever did anything like that, of course. Uh, also, we needed Willow to be doing it. So, we absolutely yeah. need Willow to be doing it. So Willow, we meet. So in the scene, we meet. Who do we meet? We meet Dave, the like sweet geeky computer guy, and the actors. But you know, he he ended up. That actor ended up being on like uh, NCIS or Criminal Minds or one of those procedural dramas. The actor who plays Dave, sweet little Dave. And he's just like, you know, your classic, slight, you know, meek, geeky kind of computer uh, dude. And there's Willow. 
And then there's psycho incel Fritz who immediately reveals himself to be a dangerous predator because he, well, one, he uses the phrase throughout this episode, jacked in. No one who was into computers or or in the internet or anything said jacked in. Like I didn't, I had a lot of computer nerd friends and not a single one of them ever said the phrase jacked in. Yeah, we're so jacked in. That sounds I mean, I am a computer nerd friend, and I never said that. And yeah. that's something that, like, doorcast hackers in TV and movies said. Yeah. And that's about it. Oh, that's right. Jack Din is from the movie Hackers. Mm-hmm. Oh, another hilarious, hilarious nostalgic. <laughs> so bad. 90s movies about computers and the internet and, and like, interconnected computers and knowledge were just so hilarious. We might need to have a separate... I haven't watched The Net with Sandra Bullock in forever. We might need to have, like, a separate, very special episode of Sandra Bullock oh my in God. The Net. Is that the one where she wears the white pants the entire time? Because we need to talk about that. I don't remember about the pants. I remember that she is a computer genius. Yeah, and, and she's she on the run wearing gets... white jeans that never get dirty. Sure. We're going to talk about that. I'm sure. We, we need <laughs> to have a very episode. special episode about the net with Sandra Bullock. Okay. Also, <laughs> but no, the guy who played Dave uh, is Chad Lindbergh, who did indeed end up on NCIS for like seven years. I knew it! And was also one of the main characters in the first Fast and the Furious movie. <gasps> That's right! That's right. He He's he played Jesse. And in the end of Fast and Furious, he 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 tries to race the head of the gang of the mm-hmm. rival gang, and then he loses, and then he drives away, and so they run him, mow him down with machine guns. Because that happens all the time in Los Angeles, by the way. Yeah, just like, and then drive-by would... shootings with machine guns happen just frequently, just with all always. the time, all the time, always. They never yeah. happen. And That's then in my true. world, he, of course, is best known <laughs> as Ash on Supernatural. When okay. he has a fantastic mullet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave definitely started the foray into um, the, the geeky world early. Like, he played a lot of characters where he had to be procedural. And then one character where he screwed over a rival car racing gang, which was not a, not, not a wise move at all. Mm-hmm. That was that was that actor breaking uh, typecasting. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, back to our episode. Willow accidentally scans a demon into the computer because all the kids are scanning, and and so she scans the big book. The Buffy's like, "Oh, a book," and then we are left with a scene where, like, the computer screen goes blank and it just types like, "Where am I?" Because that's how computers work. Exactly. Um, I don't understand that trope either. Like, never in my life have I ever experienced a computer just go completely blank and then, like, words start typing on a screen. Is that left over from, like, DOS? Like, when people had to, like, actually, that was the only option? Yeah, it doesn't happen on our <laughs> TVs anymore. No. Um, also, totally on a complete side note, I just realized uh, because my coffee is kicking in. Mm-hmm. The whole iRobot you, uh, Jane thing is a fucking science nerd thing because iRobot is an Isaac Asimov book. 
Mm. And the library that is my brain just filtered all the way through that. And thank you for clarifying that because I never got it. You're welcome. My four shots of espresso just kicked in, so we're good. Woo! Thanks, espresso. Yep. That makes sense. Okay, now I get it. All right, cool, cool, cool. Anyway, we Willow scans a demon into the computer, right? And he is like, all of a sudden, where am I? No computer has ever done that. But, you know, it is it is what it That's is. cool. We go with it. Um, yeah, so we've met our temporary characters for the episode, Dave and Fritz. We've met our new character for the series, Miss Calendar, although we don't know she's a main character yet. And um, we... Get the theme. We have now released quickly. the demon. We yeah, yeah we released the demon, and now the theme of today's episode, which is danger on the internet, danger, 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 don't get catfished, um, is revealed to us. So, opening credits, and then Willow is all like dreamy, and she's coming to school the next day, like all in a cloud, like she's Twitter pated, and Buffy like immediately. Uh, starts hounding her about like what's going on and Willow's like oh I met a boy and Buffy's like you know they're having girl talk right side note to this because this is something that I noticed possibly for the first time ever I may have noticed it in the past and forgot about it but they go to Willow's locker and in Willow's locker is a picture of Willow and Giles in the library yeah why does Willow have a picture of herself and her high school librarian in her locker? Because she's secretly in love with Giles. I mean, obviously. everybody's secretly in love with Giles, let's be real. I mean, but... or, or obviously <laughs> in love with Giles and not so secretly. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, so, I'm not so secretly in love with Giles. Yeah. I mean, in 1997, if he'd been like, hey, if you want to go out, I would have been like, I'm not 18 yet, but sure, let's do this. And then Anthony Stewart ahead would have said, oh, no, I'm not going out with you because you're not 18 yet. And I am not a dirty, dirty, dirty yeah, man. He would have been like, uh, I'll call you in like five years. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. If that. Um, I like to mm-hmm. think that Anthony Stewart head doesn't want to date women 30 years his junior but in my dreams, I was. That's like, fine. It's fine. It's our tra- it's our childhood was- fantasies. It's okay. So, I was like grown up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like twenty six. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what a grown up was when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy immediately Beautiful. has her spider senses start tingling. Right? She um, starts asking Willow because she asks Willow, "What does he look like?" Because Willow's all like smitten. Right. And then uh, she's like, I don't know. And so then Buffy's like, uh, concerning. And then Willow's brushing it off. She's like, he's so sweet. And so, you know, Buffy's being cautious, which actually mm-hmm. is pretty forward thinking, for, I'm going to say, for a 16-year-old girl who, I mean, I guess it is Buffy. She always has to be cautious. But, like, good on her for being like, hey, you don't know what this person 
looks like or if he's even really a high school student. Later, she and Xander have a same conversation. Of course, she accuses Xander of being jealous because he's no longer Willow's center of attention. Um, But I wrote this in my notes because I watched this episode earlier. Buffy has three birthdays, according to the show. Yeah, she does. And Uh not only does Buffy have three birthdays, but two of those birthdays are presented as part of her school files literally back to back. Like, no one in the editing room, no one on this show at all paid any attention to the fact that they show a shot of her school records. um, And then they show, because, and sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. What ends up happening is while Willow's, um, like, saying that Buffy's being overcautious, the computer camera... Because the demon is now released in the internet, right? And this is obviously this new boy that Willow is talking to. Like, it's not hard to put two and two together for this episode, right? <laughs> it's not a mystery at all. They don't try to hide it or, like, it's not a twist. It's right away you're like, oh, Willow's talking to the demon on the internet. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but, you know, for a while we're suspending disbelief. Um, and so the webcam on the computer looks at Buffy because he can hear Buffy and Willow's conversation about Buffy being like, you need to be careful and Willow being, ah, it's no big deal. And then he sends it to incel Fritz, like through the computer, sends a shot of Buffy's school um, records. And that's when you see like Buffy Summers and the first, like on her school records, it says like Buffy Summers birthday. And I wrote it down because I'm a psycho. 10, 24, 80, and that she's a sophomore, right? And then in the next shot, Fritz is, like, the the school record pops up on Fritz's screen with, like, a note from the demon that says, like, watch her. And it says she's a senior and her birthday is uh, May 6th, 1979. So a little continuity error there mm-hmm. that's always bothered me. As we all know, in later seasons. Oh, on that one, too, it also says she's a senior. Yeah, it. she's not supposed to be a senior. She's a sophomore. She is a sophomore. So the mm-hmm. 10, 24, 80 birthday is more accurate. In, a, in, in the episode where... In every season? Ugh. Well, on all the seasons when they have her birthday, her birthday is in January. Yeah, or exactly. Like the episode airs in January. So both of those are nowhere even month close yeah. to when the show is like, hey, Buffy was born. Yeah. Um, and when they finally, like, I think, realized that they're kind of dum-dum. They were like, just joking, her birthday is January 1981. Mm -hmm. They've just been shaving years off her age. Like Like Hollywood does, man. (laughs) Just make her younger. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yes, because spoiler alert, 20 years later, uh, there's an episode where Buffy dies. There's actually a couple of them. Yeah. But but on her gravestone, it just says 1981. Like, it doesn't have her birth date. It just says her birth year. So both the 1980 and 1979 are... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But also, if she was 81, kind of makes her a really young sophomore or, like, a really old freshman. Yeah, but this, but see, Buffy and I are the same age. 
because I was born in 1981. And I was a sophomore in 1997, but because my birthday was super late in the year. Like, if she was January 1981, she would have been a year older. She would have been the great ahead. Um, yeah. Not that it super matters unless you are a stickler for details and also, like, kind of a crazy buff fan. But. Uh, Neither of those things apply to us. Nope, so. not at all. I haven't constantly reminded people all throughout my life that Buffy and I are the same age and we're both born in 1981. I definitely have not done that. Like, I certainly haven't. No. no. I... <laughs> <clears throat> no. So, um, yes, that's when we get to see two of Buffy's multiple birthdays throughout this, this series. Um and then just to reinforce the idea that Fritz, the incel, is actually a dangerous online incel psychopath. Um, he's, he's the one that sent the message by, you know, Malcolm, a.k.a. Moloch, in the computer to watch Buffy. But then there's like just a shot of him sitting in front of the computer like repeatedly saying I'm jacked in, I'm jacked in, I'm jacked in, I'm jacked in, while like flashes of trigonometry go across the screen. I don't really know what that like, and then he's like carving uh, there's a little trigger warning uh, note note to self-harm, like he's like carving the letter M in his arm. So we're definitely cultivating some really, really seriously unhealthy habits here with uh, Mr. Fritz on the computer. Um, yes, just as like, you know, the warning that the internet is dangerous. Don't let your children alone on the internet, especially your weird, creepy incel kids who are not great with social skills. Like don't leave them unsupervised on the internet in 1997 or now actually but definitely in 1997. Only anyone on the internet. Way less regulated. Let me tell you, as somebody who had access to the internet in the late 90s, it was way less regulated. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so now, like, Willow's obsessed with this Malcolm guy on the internet, right, that she's meeting, her new online boyfriend. And he's so, uh, he gets her, right? But Buffy's worried because Willow's now being, like, unreliable. Like, she's late to school. And so Will- Buffy's like, Willow, this isn't like you. Because Willow would never be late to school. She missed class. She missed class. Um, so Buffy, and again, one of the shortest skirts ever invented by human beings. And a tank top goes to see Dave in the computer lab. To, like, figure out what this whole internet situation, uh, how would you find information on a person via the internet um, investigation, because she's worried about Willow. And as soon as she mentions Willow, Dave's like, leave Willow alone. And so, you know, again, Buffy, very suspicious. She goes to Giles. And again, Giles, disappointingly, has kind of at first, like, a boys will be boys reaction. Like, but more of, like, a computer nerds will be computer nerds. And nobody understands them <laughs> reaction. <laughs> Which, you know, is not, is not the best response, Giles. 
Not at all. <clears throat> so, um, even though Dave is the sweet computer nerd and, uh, he, he gets real jumpy and like closed off when Buffy asks about, um, this guy, Malcolm, that Willow is dating. Like now is she refers to as her online boyfriend. Oh, the online boyfriend of the late nineties. Uh, so Giles has no idea what to do, right? Cause it's computers and computers fill him with a childlike terror. I mean, understandable if you're a Luddite. Makes sense. Sure. Uh, so then Giles is like, I don't know, follow Dave. Like, follow Dave the computer nerd. So Buffy makes some flip comment about, like, what in sunglasses and a trench coat. And then in the next scene, she is following Dave, presumably on foot while Dave is in a car. Like, we see Dave get into a car to, like, drive somewhere. And then Buffy is on the lawn of the high school wearing a brown velour trench coat and sunglasses. Um, which I don't know if you know this, but, uh, in Southern California, there's no need for a trench coat. Not something you own because it's super hot all the time. Super hot all the time. No one wears a trench coat ever. We're not in the trenches, nor do we have. I mean, maybe you would if you were cosplaying. Sure. Not on the road. But there's absolutely zero reason if you are wearing a trench coat in los angeles or anywhere in southern california you are conspicuous you're probably a flasher yeah you are conspicuous you are probably a flasher and people will avoid you but before they avoid you they will notice you because nobody wears a trench coat in southern california this is probably 85 and yeah um so Buffy follows Dave to, what is it? The CDC? Not the CDC. CMR? CP something? CRD? CRD. That's what it is. That's what it says on my notes. CRD. CRD, which is like a military type research science lab place, which Xander knows. And uh, everybody's shocked because Buffy's like, I don't know what CRD is. And Xander's like, oh, this is the thing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, my uncle worked there but just to reinforce that xander is always the perpetual like you know quote-unquote loser or whatever he throws in a line about like his uncle worked there in a floor sweeping capacity like obviously nobody in xander's family is smart enough to work there in a science or lab or doctoral or engineering capacity well as we learned xander's family has lots of true which probably does, in fact, contribute to Xander's behavior in some ways. However, those behaviors are still not acceptable. And we are holding Xander to a higher standard now. Mm-hmm. Poor childhood is nice. Um, so, so, yeah, now we need to... We've got weird days. Oh, yeah. We're following, We're following Dave. Dave. Real suspicious. So at this point, you're like, hmm, is Dave the one behind all this? Is he being brainwashy as well? Yeah. Or is he just being a creeper? Yeah, something is clearly going down with the computer nerds at Sunnydale High. Alright? So, um, Miss Calendar comes in, and because Giles, does, Giles doesn't know what to do, Buffy tells Giles, like, oh, ask Miss Calendar for help. 
And Giles is like, how am I supposed to explain to her there's a demon in the internet? Or, like, there's or not a demon in the internet. But like, how am I supposed to, like, convince her to help us research this, you know, mysterious thing without actually telling her? And Buffy's just like, I don't know, figure it out. Like, she basically gives Giles the Giles answer, which is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now we have, and then, so cut to Willow still kind of obsessed with uh, Malcolm online. And so we have scenes of Willow, like, chatting with her boyfriend, Malcolm. And now Malcolm is starting to um, use a little bit of the abuser, the classic abuser language, right? Like, isolating from her friends. Like, I'm the only one who understands you. Like, we understand each other. Um, and then like, you're like, he says, Buffy makes trouble. That's why she got kicked out of school. And that's because thank God Willow's such a smart girl. Willow's red flag goes right up. She's like, um, how did you know that? And so he comes up with, you know, like ways to explain it away. And she's like, I have to go. So now, you know, fortunately Willow is smart enough to notice a red flag even a little bit late. Yeah. Well, I mean, she could have noticed more red flags, but at least she right. caught that. One. It's only been, I mean, to her credit, right? It's only been a couple days at this point, presumably. Right. And Willow is very, as we all know, very desperate to be seen and loved and cared for. And is like in love with Xander who doesn't reciprocate her feelings. And so she's super excited about, um, you know, this guy that's, like, interested in her. I remember that. I remember, you know. God, I can't even, I, if I think too, too much about, like, what we were doing on the internet, my friends and I, in 1997, 1998, I, like, we were 100% talking to strangers on the internet. Chat rooms, like, I mean, it happens now, but at the time, like, I mean- now it's so I feel like it's so much more impersonal like if you go on reddit like technically yes you're chatting with strangers but it's like the first iterations of chat rooms were creepy and nobody knew we didn't know we I mean we knew some stuff like don't give anybody your address but like we we revealed probably a lot more information than we should have given our age and I mean, I did give a stranger my address so they could send me my signed Nicholas Brendan's photo that they got for me at a conference or um, a mm-hmm. con because I was one of the moderators of a Buffy uh, chat room and Buffy fanfic page because, hey, I'm a nerd. Hi. Yeah. But don't, don't, yeah, do don't give strangers on the internet your address unless. You know, it's through, like, Etsy and stuff. And even then, they don't get your address now, right? No, they do. Oh, I guess so. I guess they do. I mean, they have to mail it to you. They have to shipping yeah. labels. Yeah, I mean, presumably, like, uh, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Like, in it was so much. But I'm not going to stalk you yeah, and, you know, you're like, not a crazy person when you order stuff. I you. mean, I guess there probably yeah. could be crazy people on Etsy. But hopefully you pick up on their red flags. I don't know. I mean, they're crazy yeah. everywhere, so you can't. It's, really there's no, but it's just weird. It's weird we to digress. think about. It's just weird to think about 
how the internet has changed and how none of us, I don't know anybody who refers to it as the net. No, no one does. They really tried to get the net or people calling it the net to stick and it just didn't. It's kind of like Mean Girls. Like, stop trying to make, make that, that happen. happen. Like, stop trying to make the net happen. Like, we all just call it the internet and we're fine with that. Nobody needs to shorten it. Occasionally, I, like, you know, call it the interwebs because, of course, right? Because it's irritating and makes yeah, people annoyed. Yeah, for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But, God, just thinking about how it's evolved over the last 25 years oh my god i can't even think about it quarter century um (laughs) is pretty is pretty weird um because as we all learned in real life and in this episode sometimes the people you meet on the internet are frighteningly murderous demons And you have to be wary of them. So, um, anyway, back to the internet, uh, or back to the episode. (laughs) Willow's, like, talking to Malcolm. She's like, bye. And then it cuts to a scene where Giles and Miss Callender are fighting in the library about technology. And we get our first glimpses of their sexual tension. And... Um, oh, is it? Sorry, what? And I didn't. Oh, is it? Yes, tense? it's very tense. Very yes, they are all over each other. And then Giles is like, "Oh, because you know, just because you think something new, it just think just because something is new doesn't make it better." And actually, Giles pretty clearly pinpoints like what has happened. He's like, "Oh." So we can live in a future where human interaction is like no longer a necessity. And I was just like, oh, pandemic pain. Right. Ouch, that one hurts. That one weird. Yeah. When Giles predicts the future. Um, and that's when we discover, it yeah, was. that's when we discover that the demon book, um, the gigantic folio. Okay with a huge demon face on the cover is completely blank inside because Giles says something about books are better. And Jenny's like, this book doesn't, isn't better. It's blank. And, uh, he's like, Oh, Giles like, that book's not supposed to be blank. That is a demon on the cover. Oh no. Something's amiss. Um, and he says it just like that. If you haven't watched the episode, (laughs) Sarah just recreated it. Word for word with uh-huh. tone exactly. and that was expression. my impression of Giles. I I know it was spot on. Perfect. So um so yeah. So then Giles like goes off and you know, he he to to wipe his glasses and, and say hmm a lot. And uh <laughs> then Dave out on the quad with, tells Buffy that Willow is looking for her and that she's in the girls' locker room which is sort of a weird place for Willow to tell Dave to tell Buffy to meet her. But I digress. Um, so Buffy goes looking for Willow in the locker room. In the meantime, Fritz, creepy incel Fritz, 
turns, we see him turning on the shower in the girls' locker room, to which then Buffy responds, Willow, are you taking a shower? Like, that makes any kind of damn sense. Um, But as we turn out, as it turns out, uh, when Buffy walks into the shower, we see a rig set up so that um, there's, like, wires connected to the overhead lights that are cut and, and down. And so the point was to presumably electrocute Buffy and kill her. Uh, but Dave, who had sent her into the locker room, warns her at the last second. He's like, Buffy, get out. And Buffy jumps just as the water touches her boots and she goes flying out of the <coughs> um, shower and she's ruining, ruining her, her boots, boots but saving, saving her, her life. life. Absolutely. Her boots are even smoking, which I'm pretty certain. It's hilarious. Here, 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 this, none of this is how electricity works or physics or science or math, but it's fine. It's a light bulb. Is not does not carry enough electricity to kill you. Um, I mean, it'll shock you pretty bad or burn you, but a light bulb, one hundred percent, does not have enough electricity in it to kill you. Anyway, damn, there go my. I know. So if you are planning to assassinate somebody, (laughs) one don't. That's my number one piece of advice. Don't do that. <laughs> That's illegal and bad. But also, light bulb's not going to do it, my friend. Light bulb in the shower. No, thank you. Um, so, but Dave warns Buffy, and then he goes running off at, into the computer lab. And um, then he's seen shouting at the computer. So apparently now the computer has fully... Uh, cognitively anthropomorphized and now can speak to only the computer nerds though like not normal people just the computer nerds so Dave is fighting with the computer verbally um, and then the computer pops up a scratch note or notepad like one of those (coughs) (coughs) sorry excuse me one of those um what did what did Microsoft have? Notepad, scratch pad, scratch paper, notepad. Notepad. So uh, Malcolm or Moloch, as we're about to find out, uh, types up a suicide note for Dave, and Dave's like, oh, "What? No!" And then the camera pans, and in the back of the room, we see Incel Fritz, who is fulfilling his destiny to be a serial killer because again we're introducing the dangers of the internet aka catfishing serial killers who will murder you and make it look like a suicide mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah mm-hmm. so um back in the library buffy has tells Giles what happened. Xander is, of course, all up in arms because, you know, somebody tried to hurt Buffy, so now he has to go kick some ass, even though Xander basically gets knocked unconscious in every single episode of Buffy for seven seasons. Um, yeah, his TBI oh my God. so massive. So many traumatic brain injuries. So many. Um, they do use the word binary in this episode because as they all figure out um, that the demon is in the computer 
right? That they unleashed, they scanned the demon into the computer, the book that was never to be read, right? Because in the Dark Ages, they confined demons to books. And as long as you didn't read the book, it was all good. But if you read the book, the demon got unleashed. Um, because that is how people in the Middle Ages okay. also have question on that knowledge, right? In the Dark Ages, if you read, okay. demons will be unleashed. Let's keep everyone illiterate. <laughs> True. But, I mean, yes. But let's, okay. let's talk about that for a second. Because they bind the demon to a book, right? And now they have a book-o-demon. At that point, why do they decide... To keep the motherfucking right. demon book with a bunch right. of other books that can then, you know, I don't know, like be fucking read. Why don't uh-huh. they burn the book or put the book in a box and then wrap the box in chains and then throw that thing into fucking sure. Loch Ness or whatever lake is in Italy that I Coma. don't remember lake right Coma. now because, you know, whatever. Or yeah, the there you go. Or, you know, yeah, brick it up inside of a wall, like, in, you know, sure. the catacombs, because they have those. Like, do something that's not going to, like, let the book float around so the people who don't, you know, see the Moloch inside, you know, image warning are going to be like, oh, I should read this book <coughs> of demons because they <laughs> cute monsters. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't yeah. speak to any of that logic. I can only say that it's Buffyverse logic. <laughs> well, no, I need an answer. Um, I need it. Now. My answer to you is I mean, technically they did put the book in a box. And it was the Middle Ages, so uh-huh. possibly like if they were up in Tuscany, okay. that's the mountains. It. And it takes bury sure, it in the goddamn ground. ground. How hard but then, is that? you know, somebody yeah, would uh, I don't know. Dig it up. Who knows? Uh, why? Why on earth? Here's my question in the process. Why did the book get sent to a high school librarian in California? Even if that book was being sent by the council itself to Giles, who is a member of the council because he's a watcher. Don't you think they should have included a note that said, hey, this book is a dangerous book that contains a demon. Don't read it. So my theory is that they are talking <laughs> with these kids and all of these books were bought from like an estate sale. And that's why they're all just boxes of books because Jenny or, you know, principal, sub, whoever, just decided, like, hey, we need some books. So they went to really, really old guys, you know, house estate sale and bought boxes of books. And then they're like, here, this is your project. CMB is me. And did that. And so the fact that the, you know, book of Moloch got stuck inside of it just happened again to be a massive plot point. Um, but not something that was, because otherwise, yeah, why would you have a box? Like book right. of Italian demons makes sense. So I'm gonna go with they literally just bought a box of books in sale <laughs> to make the kids do the because they. Can. I mean, sure. 
we do also find out in like towards the end of the episode that Jenny Calendar is not all that she seems. Um, she's not just a computer teacher. However, I have to say what I really love. I love you know what I love about this episode. I love that every single time they show somebody on the computer, the images of the computer screen, like some of them make me really nostalgic because they're just like that old, you know, like the big icon files, everything's super pixelated. Like it's 1997 and it makes my heart feel warm because I remember what computer desktops looked like in 1997. I also love, but my favorite thing is that when Buffy... Decides to drag the the file that's just labeled Willow on the computer, right? Buffy's like, okay, because they figure out the demons in the internet. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, let's just throw the file in the trash, which is actually not a bad idea. Um, the demon pixelated face like shows up on the computer screen and is like leave willow alone and then we and they all like look super shocked and i was like that definitely didn't happen on computers in 1997 like okay but it did happen on my calculator because and i still have the same calculator to this day you know because those things are expensive if you try to do complicated math equations on my TI-80, whatever the fuck I've got, um, occasionally pixelated Beavis and our butthead will show up saying, I am Cornholia. So it does I'm happen. sorry, what now? Um, how, how did that, how, how like, yeah, it was programmed like, to do that? Because I let people borrow my calculator who ended up going to Caltech and MIT and like the fuck with things. And I did not go to Caltech or MIT because I am an art and English major right. who ended up being a history major. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know how to fucking take these off That's of my amazing. calculator. So occasionally my calculator just shows Beavis saying, I am Cornholio, God, give me my bunghole. That's when hilarious. I'm trying to do that. That's hilarious. Good times. So it actually can happen. Um, but not to the extent uh, that, you know, demons are going to pop up on your screen yeah. as depicted here. Um, yeah, I just... This episode definitely has some things in it that, like, our our future, they're amazing, and they're also, like, weird future predictors. Like, they say things, there's certain lines where, in hindsight, when you hear them, you're just like, oh, that actually happened, like, 15 years after this episode aired. No, thank you, right? Like, they're talking about what would happen if you hacked into a computer, right? Or, or like, what that means. And one of them was, like, you could, like, Giles says something like, disrupt the global economy. And I was like, that happened a couple months ago. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, GameStop. Um, but, yeah, so, like, you. I just, it, it's so, it's so funny to see. It does make me appreciate smart people. 
who write the who like the writers right the people who wrote these shows and like did have that foresight because you know when you think about the consequences of things and and how they can you know the the domino effect that some things can have like it is important to have foresight but that's cool so anyway the demon is uh released and uh we do get, there's a couple of things in the episode where they do talk about, like, how the demon is fucking up things on the internet. Like, somebody's allergy, like, the the school nurse is telling the principal or something, like, there wasn't anything in his file about, you know, a penicillin allergy. And another kid says something like, what? Who hacked into my paper? And he, the line that his paper, like, he reads a line from his essay and it says, like, Nazi Germany is an example of a well-ordered society? I didn't write that. And I'm like, ooh, also. Mm-hmm. That's a rough line. But in 1997, we didn't think Nazis were going to make a comeback. We were like, we definitely did not no, did foresee. Not. I certainly didn't. Maybe some people did. But, like, I did not see Nazis making a comeback in 1997. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Um, but so Willow, let's see, Willow's starting to have more suspicions and she's getting like a little more nervous. She goes home and her computer is now having a mind of its own. She's getting like mail. The computer keeps popping up with like, you have mail, you have mail. And then, um, somebody knocks at the door and nobody's there and bum 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 creepy incel fritz pops out from behind the doorway with a chloroform rag and kidnaps willow because fritz is an incel who's brainwashed by an internet demon um that's the most yeah an incel brainwashed by an internet demon exactly um <laughs> so um uh, next we find out in the in Giles' attempt to solve this problem, Jenny Calendar shows up and Giles is like, I have to tell you something and I have you to believe. I have to have you believe me. And she's like, Okay. And he goes, Well, there's a demon in the internet. And <gasps> twist. Jenny already knows. She says, I know. And as it turns out, she's a techno Wiccan. I think that's the phrase she uses. Yeah. Techno-pagan. There we go. Techno-pagan. So Buffy and Xander go to Willow's house to try to save her, um, but they are too late. They see that Willow has gotten an email saying, um, no more waiting, we're going to meet. So Buffy and Xander are off to save Willow. So they decide to go to the CDR. What is that place called? CRD? The whatever. The Center for... Fucked up, you know, monsters on the internet to become robots or shit. I don't know. Um, Which has been um, kind of foreshadowed (laughs) this whole time because all of Buffy's shirts have animals on them. And the animals are a cat, a rabbit, and a dragon. And that's where she ends up. Oh, really? I did not notice that. You're very smart. Um, So... Uh, they go to CRD and then 
uh, Giles finds out that Miss Calendar is the techno pagan, and she explains to him. She ta- she calls him a snob, which is one of my favorite things. She's like, "You're a snob. You think that." Um, she actually has a great line. She's like, "You think knowledge should be contained in these little receptacles that only what old white guys can access?" And I was like, "Yes, Jenny Calendar." <laughs> Um, and so then she's like, yeah, you think that just cause I don't use, you know, old musty books from the middle ages that I can't know about magic. Nope. You're wrong again, sir. So Giles and Jenny's work together to try to solve the demon in the internet problem. And, uh, then <coughs> Giles gets a phone call from Buffy saying that they're at the, uh, from a payphone, for those of you who don't know, before there were cell phones, we had these boxes just randomly located on the streets. Um, so you could make a phone call if you were in the middle of the city and you needed to get somewhere and you need somebody to come pick you up, you had to call from a payphone. So Buffy calls Jaws from a payphone. Willow wakes up in the beep boop beep lab with all the equipment and the lights and the wires shining and um, the computer is now talking to her and creepily calling her my love because that's what incels on the internet do. And as it turns out, the secret project that Dave and who has now uh, unfortunately been killed and made to look like a suicide, um, Dave and Creepy Fritz and presumably a bunch of other scientists. Like all of a sudden, all of these scientists that work at this place are now on this project of building what we find out is a robot demon. They have turned the demon into a robot and now there is a robot demon and they even gave it the curly horns. Um, So uh, then Creepy Robot Demon kills Fritz because Creepy Robot Demon loves to kill. It's his, like, favorite thing. He even says it. Um, how much he just loves the killy killing. And, um... <laughs> what? Says, oh, he does. But he even has a t-shirt. I love so. He loves to kill I love things. the kill So, Buffy and Xander that break in to the CRD pretty easily, actually. Um, there's very, Mm -hmm. very little security at this high-tech, super-secret computer engineering demon factory. Um, Okay, but I think we are going to establish that there's no security really anywhere in Sunnydale because do you remember how easily Xander is able to sneak them onto an army base in the later episode with his, like, I was possessed as a soldier for yep. Halloween for like also, five seconds. Also, Sunnydale, large enough to have an army base, right? Small town Sunnydale. But just for right now. Small town Sunnydale. When we need it. Large enough to have an airport, a university, and an army base. But also it's the middle of nowhere with nothing to do. Just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. Except go to, you know, the club yep. slash yep. whatever on week. 
So Buffy and Xander break into Super Secret Lab, punch the lone security guy sitting at a desk in the face, and knock him out to go save Willow. Uh, and demon, robot demon Moloch, who's connected still to all of the internet, apparently, is able to, like, do, like, is able to see what everybody else is doing, or presu- presumably everyone with a computer and a video, right? Because in 1997, right, computers didn't come with built-in videos. You had to buy one of those big, bulky, like, looks like the rolly thing in Star Wars video cams. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember what their names are because I don't know. I mean, I know like Luke Skywalker, basically, and Leia and Darth Vader and Chewbacca, and that's it. And Han Solo. There you go. That's my extent of my knowledge of Star Wars. Um, Oh, wait, I'm the two robots, the R2-D2 and the C-3PO. That's that's what I know. There's there's my knowledge. Um, Mm -hmm. And Yoda. But not the point. The webcam or whatever, can see. So anybody in the world with a webcam, a computer, and access to the internet, this evil robot demon can see, right? And he's, like, trying to explain to Willow how he's going to make her into his robot demon love companion, I guess, is his, is his plan. Mm-hmm. And Willow's like, that's not a cool plan. I don't like this at all. And you suck, and you don't love anything, and you are a liar, and you're terrible. And in the meantime, meanwhile, Xander is knocked out again, right? This is like the second time or third time just this episode Xander has gotten knocked out. Um, Buffy and Xander, well, Buffy and Xander are trying to save the robot, or trying to save Willow from the robot. And Giles and Jenny are in the school library trying to extricate the demon from the robot and put it back somewhere. Presumably back in the book. So all of these things are happening at the same time. And there's a lot of chaos. So Buffy, Xander, go save Willow. Jenny is typing furiously at the computer, trying to disconnect him from the internet. There's fighting going on at the lab. Um, The demon is sort of getting defeated. Like he's screaming a lot. There's there's electrical crackling and like explosions and wind in the library. I don't know where the wind came from, but there's wind in the library as the spell or whatever it is they're trying to do is maybe working because Giles is yelling in Latin. Yeah. Like, you don't know if if there's not flashing lights and like tornado like winds, then the spell is not working. Flashing lights and, and exploding things and wind is the sign that the spell is working and that the demon is trying to fight the spell. Um, so Mm -hmm. it does work. The computer shuts down, but he's not in the book. He's not in the computers. They don't know where he is. Turns out the demon is now fully like in the body of the robot. Um, Xander and Willow and Buffy are trying to escape the sirens and the like lab tech company shutting down because, you know, all the alarms are going off. Xander gets knocked out for a third time by 
the big giant robot demon. Big giant robot demon is really super pissed because now he's disconnected from the internet. Now he's just stuck in this one robot body that still manages to be all powerful. And then Willow, little meek little Willow, starts to beat the shit out of him with a fire extinguisher, oxygen tank, something probably you shouldn't hit Mm -hmm. an object with repeatedly. However, you know, it's all just part of the Buffy fight. She's mad. There's mad. There's mad she, and then she says a lot of things like her her lines are so cute. They're like, I think we should break up. And she hits him. She's like, or see other people. Maybe we can still be friends. Like all the trope breakup lines. And then uh, he knocks her into Xander. They both go flying. Now it's just Buffy and the robot. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. Rawr. And Buffy notices she's standing in front of a very large electrical panel. So she's like, yeah, sure, hit me. And then he goes to punch her and she ducks out of the way. And um, he explodes with electricity and the demon is defeated. Ta-da! And uh, Buffy wins. No more demon. Hooray. I mean, presumably, I don't know where the demon went. Like, I guess he was just killed because... I don't know why they didn't kill him in the first place. Why didn't they just kill him in the Middle Ages? Why don't they just go get Middle Ages Buffy since she's been around, you know, since the demons have been around? Where was Middle Ages Buffy? Anyway. Like, that would have been... Maybe Middle Ages Buffy was in France at the time, doing something else. Slaying another demon. We're saving other, you know... um, iterations of Slayer type people for when we have that weird ass episode where we meet the primitive Slayer. That's not until like season seven so or six. Six or seven. Long time in the future. We got a ways to go before that. (laughs) Um, But uh, the end of this episode is Giles and Miss Calendar having a like heart to heart about the old versus the modern and the sexual tension is so thick you could cut it with a knife and he goes under she goes there he goes there under the impression that she has lost an earring so he brings her back her dangly earring and he then tells her why books are better and she's like computers are not scary you need to chill and she calls him an old-fashioned boy, which um, is accurate and also is sort accurate. of like patronizing in a way that I enjoy very much. And then he tries to patronize her back by saying, oh, it's the best. He's like, well, at least I don't dangle a long corkscrew from my ear or whatever. And she's like, that's not where I dangle it from. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, Jenny mm-hmm. Callender, you are such a boss bitch and I love you. Um, and then the last, last scene is the three teenagers that we love. Buffy, Xander, and Willow bemoaning their tragic love lives. And Willow's like, the first boy who ever really liked me and he turned out to be a demon. And Buffy's like, uh, yeah, I'm in love with a vampire. And then Xander's like, uh, yeah, teacher I had a crush on, giant praying menace. And then Buffy's like, we just have to like admit that we are doomed to never have a healthy relationship. Ha 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 ha. 
And then they're all like, oh, wait. Shit. Oh, shit. Which turns out to not be true. They all That's actually have actually rather healthy relationships for the most part. I mean, Xander's just debatable. I would say that Xander's yeah, yeah. relationship with Anya is it's complex, but I wouldn't call it unhealthy. Parts of it are unhealthy. But there's seasons, there's parts and seasons yeah, he does kind well, of like Xander's run off not on. the healthiest person in the world when it comes to like dealing with uh, conflict or needing to communicate or you know. But there's definitely aspects of their relationship that are like really admirable. I would say Anya. Well, I mean, we haven't even met Anya yet, but ugh, I love her. On you forever. We will. We love you, Emma Caulfield. <laughs> um, so should we take a break and then come back and talk about the badass that um, invented Wi-Fi? All right, we're back. Welcome back. You ready to Hello. talk about some badass lady? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I didn't know. I only knew something. So we're going to talk about Hedy Lamar for a minute because... Uh, growing up I only ever knew that Hedy Lamar was an actress from like the 1940s and 50s in the United States and she was often referred to as the most beautiful woman in, in America or the world or whatever um, or that's how she was touted by MGM her agency but as it turns out we the people of the modern world today have Wi-Fi because of Hedy Lamar and her awesome badassery, starting with her birth date and name. So Hedy Lamar was born in Vienna, Austria, on November 9th, nineteen fourteen. Whoop whoop, Scorpio in the house. She's another Scorpio. That's why she's an awesome badass genius who's also hot. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um we're not biased her- at all. Nope. I mean, just because we are also happen to be Scorpios who are very smart and hot. Um, I'm just saying it's like hard to find a Scorpio who's not really smart and hot. I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, uh, so her birth name, oh, get this. Her birth name was Hedwig Ava Maria Kiesler. Um, So props to being named Hedwig. I love that name. I know it's kind of weird, but it, I just freaking love that name. Um, whether it's Hedwig and her angry inch or, um, just Hedwig the owl or Hedy Lamar, the inventor of Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, so she appeared in over 30 films in the Czech Republic, Germany, Austria, and the United States in her lifetime. But so she started her film career in Austria because she was born in 1914. And so by 1934, she was married to this dude named like Mengel or Mendel. Mendel, I think, was. Mm -hmm. And he was a fucking fascist. uh, He was an Austrian fascist, Austro-fascist, member of the Austro-fascist party, and who, who were originally opposed to nazism but he was also like his dad had an arms um 
he was an arms manufacturer. So of course, all he's those. He's an arms dealer. He's an arms yeah. dealer, and he sold weapons to the Nazis, basically. So he sucked, yeah. uh, just so much. And so Hedy Lamar, uh, who uh, was 19 when she married him, escaped him, escaped Austria and him in 1937 which was two short years before Nazis went all out batshit crazy war and attacked Poland and like started World War II and their fucking lunatic bullshit. But they were doing lunatic bullshit before that. Um, And so Hedy Lamarr straight up disguised herself as a maid, escaped to Paris and then to London where she, like, served her asshole fascist husband with divorce papers, because fuck that guy. Um, and also, luckily, happened to um, meet Louis B. Mayer of Metro Goldwyn Mayer Film Studios. Uh, A.K.A. MGM. A.K.A. MGM. You know MGM as the movies produ- production studios with the lion, who... Um, you know, roars. And so she was in a bunch of... Also, let's also talk about the fact that Hedy Lamar's first film was something called Ecstasy, and it was like a Czech film, and it was super controversial because she simulated having both sexual intercourse and a female orgasm on film. And I'm like, yes, Hedy, you get it. Get it, Hedy. And I'm glad that freaked everybody out. No wonder you had to run away. I'm sorry that you ran, you know, in part to America, which is also a repressed and fucked up country. But you know what? That's for later, right? Um, so she became super famous. Um, she started working in the film industry. She was in Boomtown with Clark Gable and Comrade X. And um, she was in a movie with James Stewart uh, called Come Live With Me and Ziegfeld Girl, Lady of the Tropics. Crossroads, White Cargo, uh, all kinds of movies. Crazy, crazy. Um, She was in... Oh, she played Delilah in Cecil B. DeMille's Samson and Delilah. And she was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. So, she's this gorgeous, famous, beautiful American actress. And at the beginning of World War II... Um, Lamar and composer George Antheil developed a radio guidance system, which was used, it was supposed to guide torpedoes mm-hmm. and missiles and, uh, you know, like, because as it turns out in, in World War II, there were insane fascist white supremacists trying to kill everyone all over the planet and um, we needed to fight them. It was a big deal. Um, we don't want to go back there. So I'm just going to say Nazis are bad. Again, for the people in the way back, if there's a Nazi on your right or your left, you're in the wrong space. Get out. Get out. Um, so <clears throat> the U.S. Navy didn't actually... Um, adopt the invention until the um, 1950s, like 1957. But um, she also helped improve aerodynamics for aircrafts for Howard Hughes. Um, 
because Hedy Lamar, as we all know, if you saw, well, if you saw The Aviator, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who is also a famous uh, Hollywood actor who likes to date younger and beautiful women, um, Howard Hughes really liked to bang Hollywood stars. Um, and so he was dating Hedy Lamar for a while. I can't remember who played Hedy Lamar in The Aviator. Was it Kate Beckinsale? I want to say yes, but let me look. Um, yeah. And she was like, I'll hang out with you, Howard Hughes. But not because, you know, she was like, Howard Hughes, you're so sexy. Mm -hmm. It was more because, damn, you are so smart. And, like, you're doing all these inventions and shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm also really smart and like inventions. So I'm going to pick your brain and watch what you're doing. And then, oh, I don't know, like, study all this shit and suggest new wings and things to you. Right. You're going to be like, oh, my God, you're the best. Yeah. And she had, like, no formal training. She was all self-taught. So this bitch was smart as fuck. Like, she just, in her spare time, like, built little models and inventions. And um, she improved, as it turns out, she improved the traffic stoplight. And she invented a tablet that would dissolve in water to create a carbonated drink. Um... She said, although she did say it tasted like Alka-Seltzer. So it wasn't, like, necessarily very tasty. We can get back to this, though. But, you know. Side note. um, Hey, Lamar is not in the aviator. um, Catherine Hepburn, Ava Gardner. Oh, Ava Gardner. And Carlo are given love, but not Hey, Lamar, despite the fact that she's way more badass. Yeah, I guess the aviator wasn't super interested in giving any credit to women who actually were the key role players in in the inventions that were made. And once again, it was just like, Leonardo DiCaprio is a crazy genius. I mean, Howard Hughes, whatever. Um, Even in, well, it's just like in Hollywood, everyone was like, Hedy Lamar is so beautiful. mm -hmm. Ignoring the fact that she was fucking genius smart and at like five years old was like taking things apart to see how they worked and like putting them back together mm-hmm. is, you know and she never stopped doing that which is why despite the fact that she's a, a famous you know worldwide famous actress is doing all of this other stuff and mm-hmm. is able to go on and hook up with people and invent some really cool shit so basically now we need to one make a movie about Hedy Lamar, right if Howard Hughes gets a movie Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel like we can get a Hedy Lamar movie starring, uh, I don't know, like Kate Beckinsale works, actually. Um, Hedy Lamar's like dark hair. She had a dark, dark hair and eyes, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's very beautiful. You can look up a picture. We'll, put, we'll post a picture on the Instagram of our, our, our dear Hedy um, because she's a badass. And um, so, yeah. So other interesting things about Hedy Lamar, I'm going to say she was married six times, which I'm going to say says a lot about men not being able to handle women who are both beautiful and genius. That must have been hard for a girl, our girl. And I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm with you, Hedy. Like, I feel you. She lived until uh, January 19th, 2000. So she lived to be a, a, a healthy 86. Um, saw a lot in her lifetime. Um, and she wrote 
an autobiography entitled Ecstasy and Me, which now I feel like I need to read because I want to know all about how she figured out that. So basically, here's what she figured out. And I'm getting this information straight from the Internet, um, Wikipedia. And then also Smithsonian has a good article about her. Um, So Hedy Lamar realized that I guess what. So she invented what's like called signal hopping or frequency hopping spread spectrum Mm -hmm. technology, Um, which I guess frequency hopping. I mean, you can tell again, I was also an art and history major. So like science is fascinating to me, but it's not my strongest area of expertise. Um, I'm going to say that frequency hopping probably means that along along radio lines like the signal changes from different radio like channels because if you just stay on one channel somebody can intercept that that's my guess um i'm sure we could read more about this and figure out but this spread spectrum um technologies were incorporated into bluetooth technology and are very similar to the methods used in wi-fi so if you are on Wi-Fi right now, um, and I am for sure, thank Hedy Lamar because uh, she's the boss bitch that uh, invented it and figured out that like women can be both successful, beautiful actresses and also genius inventors who help the allied powers win the war against evil. And what is evil? Right. I just feel when like they yeah. sorry when they got the patent for that I really like that then Navy was like no we don't like it and then so she was like okay well I guess I'm gonna help you know combat fucking Nazis another way and just started selling the shit out of war bonds using the fact that she was a super famous actress and like gorgeous as fuck oh yeah so she was like I'm gonna use the other parts of me and then never even made any money off of that Nice. And didn't even get recognized for it until mm. almost like lovely, 19, like sorry, until like I don't know, like the eighties, nineties, and she's won like multiple awards, and is in the National Inventors Hall of Fame, which is kind of fucking badass. Yeah, she's she's just amazing and I now like I definitely am putting the I'm going to go look up the bio, her autobiography ecstasy and me because I I didn't know all this about her like I knew I mean I can't even remember it wasn't even until a few years ago probably when I like heard oh Hedy Lamar invented Wi-Fi probably on a meme or some post on like women's history month and like recognize that. And I was just like, Hmm, that's interesting. And then never really looked further into it. And now with this episode of Buffy, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember Like didn't Hedy Lamar invent Wi-Fi?" And now I'm just like, what? This woman is a badass. How did I miss all of this? Ugh. Right. And that's so, why yeah. we do this podcast to put information out there that otherwise would not necessarily be like popular or known or, you know, yeah. So go check out Hedy Lamar. Yeah. More about her. Go watch some more Buffy. Learn Absolutely. some more shit. And save the world a lot. Okay. Right. 
We'll see you. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. The World A Lot Pod. And you can um, follow our blog if you want to learn more about the badass women that we're talking about. The link to it is on our Instagram as well. So you can check us out there. Yep. Next week, we get to cover Sarah's absolute favorite episode of all time. The one with the dummy. Oh, yes. How could I? I blocked it from my memory. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Fine. Just the best. All right. All right. Yeah. See all you all, all right. next we'll see you week. Then. Bye. Bye. Yay!